Welcome back to the pod where we talk about hype, culture, and design. Did you ever take a look at a contract, one that starts out with a bunch of jargons you cannot understand, and then wonder why the lawyers who wrote this beast of an agreement couldn't make it more understandable? The truth is, plain English will just do fine. Today, we will talk about legalese talk, what is it about, and why it should change. So let's get it. So Jonathan brought up legalese the other day, and with all the political climate that we're living in, a lot of these like, you know, things, laws being like spoken and said and thrown out from the left and from the right and a bunch of like jargons that we just don't understand, you know? So Jonathan, so why do you think legal language is so arcane and convoluted, Mango? So generally speaking, the use of long sentences and the lack of punctuation is to avoid ambiguity and to attempt precise meaning. The English language is difficult and generally imprecise, so legalese is an attempt to nail down each circumstance within one sentence, albeit a long one. That's the general idea behind it, is you're trying to very clearly explain a thing, but like in very specific circumstances. The issue here is that people don't speak like this, right? Nobody speaks like, for example... It's almost old English, right? It's almost old English, yeah. And nobody speaks that language anymore. I mean, we do speak English, but we're not like medieval English knights or something like that, right? Yeah, no, that's true. By trying to not confuse people, it actually further confuses people. And there's a lot more happening on top of that. If you think about it, the government is like, you know, a lot of like arguments going on within the legal system. Oh, this means that, but what does it really mean, right? That's the biggest question. Right. That it kind of like brings up. Yeah, absolutely. Right here, the sources are citing that the Dangerous Dogs Act being a classic example of really badly written contracts and acts. It's apparently some British act on dangerous dogs. Basically, there have been reforms apparently in law about making law more approachable, but a lot of you know, the contracts, the, the legal documentation that I've ever seen has still been very difficult to plow through. I think people read less now than they ever have. I agree with that. Kind of like BuzzFeed, bite-sized like information. Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe it is, maybe it's that we read a lot, but we don't read into any one thing. We read a lot of small things and we don't read a lot of long or large things anymore. And so the way that we go about language changed over the last few years. I think part of it has to do with advertising because people are so inundated with ads that we just kind of assume that if something is like trying to speak to us that we're that we're being sold a product and so we kind of try to like stay away from our brains almost kind of like mentally uh just kind of fade over it. It glosses you know I mean? over it. Yeah. yeah, glosses over it. And so I kind of feel like when it comes to writing and reading now, people just don't have their attention span as they used to. Yeah. Tim, what do you think? How did this subject come about with you though, Mango? Like how did you, was interested, were you presented like a contract, like a form or something like that? My company, the way that we make money is basically uh, from people ignoring the terms and conditions. <laughs> If you think about it, I mean, if you think about it, because like people's data is being tracked, right? And so it's kind of an interesting case. 
in the tech and design world, it's almost like a shield that we use the TOS, right? Like, oh, you accept this cookies? <laughs> you accept everything? All right, cool. Thanks. We'll, we'll be tracking you now. Yeah, that is like a huge thing. And it's not just with our business. It's with any app, you know, any, any app out there, any product that you get, you're going to have to sign some sort of terms and conditions. I feel like same with a house, right? And just anything. You're, you're signing some sort of term and condition to go along with it. And with the coming election, remember like the election four years ago with the Cambridge Analytica whole drama, pulling their data and such like in a non-legal way. And, you know, like there was like some loophole that they tried to go to because of all these legalese like wording within mm -hmm. like the TOS. Right, right. And so that's that's a great example of like, Either someone not being able to read the fine print carefully enough or some other bullshit that's going on. I don't know. But either way, I guess the idea of legalese is to reduce the, the ambiguity. That's Except it here. creates more ambiguity. I know. I know. <laughs> I think it, it only helps the lawyers and it only helps the company of which is writing these, these contracts. It's, it's not made to help the people reading it because obviously, you know. Honestly, it's more like a gatekeeping tool than anything. And in design, it's the same way, right? If you think about it, there's a lot of design terms that are being thrown left and right just to gatekeep. Whoever knows it is in the know and whoever doesn't, it's like, uh, what, what are you talking about? Correct. But I think that's hurting yourself if you do that. If you actually try to use legalese in a bad way. So Ernest and I, you know, we give out contracts all the time. I freelance before. And when I write my design contracts, I don't overcomplicate things because I want my client to feel, you know, just we won't use like deep terms, like design terms with our clients. I don't think even throughout the process of designing something for them, we would use anything too deep. And even if we did, we would try to explain it to them of what it means. Mm. So with like, you know, legal stuff, I try to make it as simple as possible for the clients to understand. With that being said, I think when you do land like a bigger client that knows their legal stuff, then you really need to buckle down and, you know, research, study, see other, other contracts that's been written and just, you know, have a bulletproof contract that would protect yourself and moving forward, you know, you can actually do business with this client without you know, worrying about uh, like legal stuff that you might have forgotten. But it's also like trial and error. Things does happen. Things does go to court. <laughs> Situations. But do your research. Make it simple for your clients if they're not, you know, design, you know, oriented or anything like that. Your general clients. And keep it simple. If you're a designer, there's also a Graphic Artist Guild handbook. And it has a lot of like, contract and pricing and ethical guidelines it's almost like the industry bible for like communications and illustration professionals and any other like web design you can actually like just switch a word here and there to tailor to your needs and it's really helpful shout out to the graphic artist guild it's like 50 dollars for that book you can get it in barnes and nobles you can also get it online as a pdf it's true i mean with covid now everybody's freelancing right Everybody's working from home. So that is a tool. Uh, you have to know how to write contracts. You, 
you kind of have to know a little legalese, <laughs> some legal speak jargon. A little legalese yourself. Legalese sounds weird. <laughs> it's not as weird as like Animal Crossing, the animalese. Animalese. Give us a sound bite of animalese, Jonathan. <laughs> it's literally like that. If you play the Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, Yo, Animal Crossing's been trending in Corona times, man. <laughs> I think everything's been trending. No, I tell you, like, um, the two months within, like, Corona shutdown, all the switches are gone, like, sold out. Remember, like, people mm -hmm. were price gouging switches, even if they were, like, secondhand, they were like, pricing it twice the amount. I was like, Jesus, yes. seriously? This is like... Ernest was on a journey one, at one time. I was. I was in that, uh, <laughs> I was in that got one. journey. Seeking out. <laughs> Seeking out animalese. Seeking out the grail. And no, I did not uh, use the bot to do it. I did it the <laughs> right way. He did the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned <laughs> way. Going to a GameStop. I got lucky though, that's for sure. You think people will resell like uh the PS fives for like crazy prices? Oh yeah, they will resell that. Oh yeah. Jesus. You know what? There's no legalese term that would stop them from <laughs> reselling those uh, PlayStation and Xboxes. <laughs> There's a lot of legalese in offer up, but when you meet up <laughs> <laughs> There's no legalese, it's a gray area. It's the gray market, Tim. The gray market. <laughs> When I pull that Glock out, there's no legalese. Ugh. You're just people around. <laughs> <laughs> PSA, just be safe. If you're buying a PlayStation 5 for the holiday for your loved ones or for yourself, do it at a public space, like a mall or something. Don't just go on a, like, a meetup on an empty parking lot or something. Wait, wait. What if the potential buyer or seller wants, doesn't want to go to, like, a crowded place? Then don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's as simple as that. Don't, just don't do it. Go to the next one. Don't be desperate enough to, like, get 19. one, you know? Then, then your lawyer can talk to his lawyer. <laughs> that is such okay. a red flag. Okay. That is such a red flag. <laughs> you can kiss him on the lips. True, Let's true. talk about like legalese and how design can help alleviate all these like jargons. On top of the terms and conditions situation, my company has actually made a page called just the privacy page. And I've actually learned that a lot of companies have these pages out there. If you go to Uber, Grammarly, um, they all have these various. I do think almost 99% of the companies now do have like a privacy policy. Mm -hmm. At least for the data portion. Yeah. Just because every single website takes your cookies or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you guys read all that? Nobody all reads that all legalese? that. legalese? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's how a lot of like big companies get away because you just like... But then we're supposed to read it then. I know. You should be reading them. <laughs> there is this like game, right? Everybody knows who Blizzard is. It's like a big gaming company, Activision, Blizzard. They made World of Warcraft, Diablo, um, Overwatch series. So a lot of people try to work there. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of designers lot of try to go try. go work. I was trying to get in there as a janitor first and then like secretly sneak into the headquarters. <laughs> that is a smart idea, Tim. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Dude, that compound is crazy. It's like locked down. <laughs> Clean the boss's desk every day. They shoot you on the spot. 
let me clean up your bathroom. I'm willing to like start off to, from the bottom to get up hey, there. Hey, you gotta you gotta penetrate that somehow. Yeah. So anyway, I used to play WoW a lot. In their TOS, every single like game that you bought from them, since you play them online, it's like they own all of it, even your account. So they can terminate your account for no reason at all, just because it's it's their ownership. Like you could spend playing WoW for the last ten years. And the next day, they could just like cancel your account because it's not really your account; it's their account. You're just kind of like quote unquote renting it, but you're actually paying for it. I guess it is renting, like leasing it. But that's weird. Like if you're paying for it, and you bought the game also, which is the funniest right. part. But what can they do with your information and stuff like that? They they can't share it or anything like that. I don't right? think they can share it, but they could use it for themselves, like newsletter and such. But that's so crazy. They cannot sell it to as a list, as a as a data list. I actually don't did not read their TOS. <laughs> uh-huh. But all <laughs> <laughs> there you go, there you go, folks. All right, guys, there you have it. <laughs> Nobody there reads that TOS. It. It's so long, man. But you know what? And with that, <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> It's like this is like one thing that I know because you know there's always like botters in like back in the day in WoW, and I'm pretty sure there's still botters like in WoW right now. But and they are just getting banned, and people are like, well, even if they're not botters, it doesn't matter because Blizzard has the right to like just cancel their account anyway, according to their TOS. So, so yeah, that's how I knew that Blizzard could they got you by the balls. <laughs> wow. But like, let's talk about like free sites like Facebook, stuff like that, right? I mean, they have they can get your information. Yeah, they they like, sell they their, can, they can sell they it. They sell like, it. It's so crazy. Like, I mean, isn't like um, your company um, doing that, Mango? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and he For legal reasons, I cannot comment. <laughs> For legal reasons, I cannot comment on that. Dude, stop it with the legalese. <laughs> Can't confirm nor deny. Are you like the fucking FBI? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. This is what we're talking about. God, I damn. cannot confirm nor deny. This damn legalese you're using. All these legalese bullshit. <laughs> That's what's going on. Confusing me, man. I know. <laughs> when do you think is a legal design helpful, Mango? Like, how do you think that we could better the legalese? Um... Something my company made was a privacy page that was made specifically to understand our privacy policy in a more layman's terms that actually uses like pictures it uses um it's actually a lot more uh user-friendly it's like a more user-friendly version of the privacy the privacy policy the idea with legal documentation is that you're trying to make sure that it's not either either that there's no loopholes or that the user is like that the user completely understands the content, so to speak, or or rather, not not that the user understands it, but that it is fully documented in like every situation possible, as to like so to make sure that the company doesn't get in trouble, or to make sure that the user, if they violate something, that they clearly understood that they violated it. So, does your company use like an app, kind of like a Hemingway app, where it says like what grade level the whole like um, thing is? Hemingway app. What do you, what's that? So, okay. A lot of like websites, when you do like a content UX, 
like for the actual content itself. My company uses an app. It's called the Hemingway app. Essentially, you take a whole page and put it in the the app, and it'll tell you what grade level the the whole like it could be a legal content is about. Like it could be like grade grade level eleven. Like especially if like let's say a website is more targeted for like a a more poorer like um, audience, because some of our clients are nonprofit and. A lot of like nonprofit helps people, you know, like the the poor side of the spectrum where they are either like homeless so and uh, a little less educated. Maybe they only finished like high school. Maybe maybe they even dropped out. So we try to make sure that the language within the website it's not higher than a certain grade level. And this app helps analyzes the whole like content and then it gives like. Is assessment to what grade level the whole website's content is, or at least for that page. So, what's the goal? Like, what what grade level is is considered the best? I would say like don't make it higher than a uh, like a freshman high school. Than a freshman in high school. Yeah. Really. You know, like the saying, like explain it like I'm five. Yeah. So you kind of want to explain it as simple and as succinct as possible, without all that like garbage and jargons that. You want to like throw like it's it's not you're not trying to be like scholarly, right? It's not you're not trying to like sell this amongst like PhD people. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. And so I think there's a difference in goal between legal documentation and normal content that that you guys use on their websites. There's clearly like a difference between wanting someone to understand something and wanting someone to not understand someone something. And legally seems like. You want to not let the end user understand it. Yeah, it seems pretty clear that it's it was kind of designed in that kind of sense. Did you think it was designed in that kind of sense, or do you think that it it just hasn't evolved from like where it started? Like yeah, it, I, it got left mm, behind by time, you know? Mm, yeah. Well, obviously, our legal system has existed for hundreds of years at this point, and the problem is that we're not we don't write the rules now. They wrote the rules hundreds of years ago, and we're just clarifying on top of those rules. It's just like building—it's building on a really old foundation, right? Yeah, but still, you could kind of update those, right? You, you, you could. could. There's no incentive. It doesn't say in the rule that you cannot like update the language, right? The mm-hmm. way you speak for right. the rule, right? Right. In a way, I feel like the the reason why they they do it like this is because it has always been done like this. You know what I mean? It's very much tradition. It's time to break that tradition, guys. I know. No, I agree. I agree because it just doesn't fit in with what society is doing today. Who uses language that, like, let's take the Constitution for for example. Have you ever read the Constitution? It's like in that old English style. There's words that nobody uses anymore. It's sort of like legal contracts. Like, especially if you go to court, like they have a lot of that jargon. And they still use it to this day. And what happens is, I don't know if it. I don't think it benefits anybody. I don't think the court is out there to get people. But what happens is, like, people don't understand. Like, they don't even understand what they're being sentenced or they're getting charged with because some sometimes it just gets this jargon is just like so confusing for people. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure somebody's doing it. I wish they develop like alternative. Ways to say a word, or like there's certain words we just don't use. We never hear 
like unless you're in a courtroom or some or reading a contract or anything like that. Yeah. The constitution or the whole system. It started like twenty something, right? But there's like most of those are now. I would not say irrelevant, but it doesn't impact as much anymore. We just know them because they're like one of the earlier ones. But we have four thousand changes since they were like written. Four thousand something. So it was like edited so many times, you know. Oh, so it's our we- it's it's my company's website. <laughs> the CSS in my company's website has been edited about four thousand times. I mean, you should. You have to keep up with the times, right? You have to keep up with culture. You have to keep up. You know, there's certain probably certain things in the Constitution that you were allowed to do back in the days that yeah you shouldn't be doing now. No, you're right. You're <laughs> right. People are still you like know? thinking that about like the good old days. I'm like, dude, the good old days were not that good, man. <laughs> People didn't live very long back in the I day. Know. <laughs> it's like if you're thinking about the good old days, what are you thinking? Like Pepperidge Farm? Are you like living in the Pepperidge Farm commercial or something? <laughs> <laughs> the code of Hammurabi: an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Jesus, yeah. might as well like throw you off the plank or some shit like that. <laughs> you know, at least the rules were a lot easier to understand. <laughs> a lot of these words are like descended from like Greek, right? Like all Greek, like that's how we develop our yeah, government, like right? Roman, like、uh, lingo or、right. yeah, Latin. It's yeah. it's based from Latin, yeah. But our government itself, Mango was talking about it, but actually we're not that. <laughs> our government is actually not that old compared to other countries. Oh no, it's fairly it's young, babe- like yeah, what two hundred something, two hundred and two hundred fifty something. So we base our government off, you know. The old Roman Empire and stuff like that, the checks and balances and stuff like that. But with the legal lease, the legal side of things, I think we should definitely change it up. At least the way that we could understand it, because the language is just a bunch of like hot garbage. It's like a jargon. Right. So, so right now, it's almost like you have to learn those words. You have to learn that jargon. Like we don't know what's gonna happen to us. Like one day, you know. Maybe getting you're gonna get sued, and you have to see, you know, the subpoena or whatever. You have to learn these things. But th- there's also services, I guess. You can like call a lawyer, but not everybody have that kind of monetary freedom to like actually hire like a lawyer to look just just to like look at a piece of paper. That's kind of ridiculous. If you need to know what you're getting charged with or anything like that, something legal, you shouldn't have to pay. Somebody to read it out for you, and I'm I'm talking about this could be this could happen to anybody. Like, I'm not super legalese oriented, legalese. Like, I don't know any most of it, <laughs> at least not anything not de- dealing with design. But you know, I don't want to go out and hire somebody like per hour just to read a fucking contract to me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but that's kind of you know our system has to change somehow. Yeah, I can't wait till we go to Mars and we have all these like legally shit going all the way to the like outer <laughs> space. There's, there's gonna be some legalese involved about going to Mars. <laughs> I think the difference is that legal legalese designers have to know how to think in a human-centered way, not a law-centered way, right? Yeah, expand more into that, Mango. That、yeah. that's something that I'm intrigued in. And we're actually taught in school for.、Uh, in- About that too. Yeah, something that a designer could help. What 
could we do to make it better? I think that legal designers need to think long-term. They know how to make sure that the product is compliant with the law, but focusing on the user's needs and desires rather than on the legal requirements. So how do you apply that to every day though? I think that there needs to be some sort of system in place to ensure that something is not so easy to overcomplicate. There needs to be a system of, I know it seems silly that like uh, there needs to be a system to make it easier for other people to learn or to read something. But I do think that there needs to be a level of idiot proof that not only legalese can benefit from, but a, a many, many departments and systems. Right, right. I, I totally understand what you're talking about. If a freshman in high school can't understand something, most people around, like the common person, I don't feel like is going to know any more than the freshman in high school, if I'm being honest. I feel like if it's a law, they should make it accessible to like almost like you could explain to like a five-year-old because it is it applies to everybody, right? Right. Yeah. Do you guys remember like reading those like Shakespeare plays or anything like that? Or like the old, like, like weird old stories from, you know, like Homer's, Homer's Odyssey or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So you know how there's some words that like it will have translations on the bottom. Like a footnote. Like it would be like, you know, mm-hmm. one, and then you go down on the page and you look for it. Yeah. And actually see the, the actual definition because that word is so old. Right. So not used. I think some, I would not say contract, but like a law book actually has those kind of things, but nobody really reads a law book. If it's like a contract, like it needs to be more concise. Like it needs to be able, you know, like you don't need to have like a college degree to understand it. You need to be able to like understand it, like within like, I would say like high school level, because high school here in America, you get it, you know, you get it for free like I, I would not say for free because you do pay taxes but you know what i mean like you don't have to pay an arm and a leg to like you're going to college it's it's your right, right to go right. to high school yeah but it's like everything with that involves legalese it's it's not universal that's the problem so let's say you, even filling a tax form remember ernest wants to yeah taxes i was like oh my goodness i don't understand any of this like I literally have to look it up like like line by line on the tax form. Like this like if I sign off on the wrong thing, you know, like this is going to haunt us. This the our tax our tax return is going to get, you know, get rejected. It's going to come back. Does you know, but then how you how can you apply that to every everyday other contract? But then you look like at TurboTax and it's a totally different situation. Right. So they break it down for you. They break right? it. Well, all they do is ask you questions and you just say right. yes or no. They're like, did you have, did you have this thing or did you have this thing? Yes or no. Okay. Were you doing this or were you doing this? But the thing is you have to pay for it. That is unfortunate, isn't it? Because that's something that everyone should be able to understand. See, that is a situation in which something that was very complicated to the, to the layman became less complicated. So let me get this right. You have to pay a software to pay the government. <laughs> You're paying twice. The government should give this functionality as a, as an accessible like functionality to just a normal person because nobody will know how everything operates, right? Right. It's just crazy. It's just mumbo jumbo once you get on the website. And there's usually like 50 steps you have to do. And 
pretty sure like a person who has never done taxes or anything like that. Let's just say taxes, for example. They probably get lost after the third step. I don't know. There's got to be an easier And way. then another problem is laws are so like, so convoluted that it goes against just a normal person, especially against if they're like against authority, like a police. You're not going to win. You know, there's no such thing as winning. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like how bad are you going to lose type of situation, you know? Right. And remember, laws are fluid. So it's like forever changing. Like if you're not up on it, like Virginia, like, you know, every often we we see like laws change, like traffic, anything like that. So in a way, legalese is it can really hurt somebody. So it can hurt the community. Whose yeah. responsibility is it to make sure that people clearly are communicated their rights and duties in a clear and open and understandable way? Is it the should it be the responsibility of the company that's hiring these lawyers to write these terms and conditions? Should it be a designer who helps those lawyers better break down these ideas? I mean, most of the time, they will not have any designers within the team. It's just a lawyer, you know? Right. And they're paralegals. But if anything, they should follow a designer's contract. I think all three of us like learned from a great professor. <laughs> and we were... You know, we're bunched with other fine art students. We're graphic designers, but we also have fine art students in our class, remember? And they're like totally clueless. Like at least we have a sense of like, okay, we got to um, state the deliverables. We got to state, you know, a timeline of what we're going to do, how, when we're going to finish. Uh, we got to set goals, you know, stuff like that. We have copyright law rules. You know, we have, you know, what doesn't work out we have like an emergency you know escape plan anything like that in the contract but i'm looking at these like fine art students they have never i'm like like how do you guys and then they're learning too so in a way these contracts we're doing i i wish like every in in college like everybody has to do like a almost i don't want to say just like write up a contract just like know how to read like just a simple contract yeah it has to be common knowledge or else you're going to get screwed in the end. So going back to like Mango's question, whose responsibility is it? I think it is the corporate's uh, responsibility if in a corporate setting, right? It is the corporate's like responsibility to make it as clear as possible and not make it as a jargon. And I think there should be and going to the public side a law that forces corporation to mm-hmm. create a legal like TOS or whatever, that's easily digestible for somebody that only graduated in high school. Well, corporations are going to do what they're going to do, right, Ernest? I think, I feel like it's up to the courts. They have to do it. Anything goes down, anything legal or anything, it always ends up in the courts, right? Right. And who makes these like mumbo jumbo jargon that corporation, like, you know, they take time, they study, they learn, they have a team to do that. Right. They have a legal team, right? But the average Joe, you know, they're going on a website. They don't know their information is getting sold. They're screwed. They go on Mango's website. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. No (laughs) comment. The court, the courts is a systematic issue. The courts has to, if anything is going to change, the courts has to change. Within the corporation side, I think there should be a law that forces them first. I know the courts need to change, but 
but who issued the law? The, on, the, the only way that the the court will change is if we, the people, force the court to change. So PSA, go vote this uh, go vote, go this vote. November, go vote. So then it's the people. Vote right now if you can. <laughs> vote right now, yeah. It's actually the people's job to make sure that this change happens. Exactly. Because it, the, they won't change it systemically unless you actually go out. I mean, look, a lot of people even go out there and start rallying and like, you know, BLM and all that stuff. But still, the system is it's hard to change, even though like a lot of people are angry right now. Do you think that they're just going to do it willy nilly without, without like anybody like raising their voice? <laughs> I don't well, think so. Well, remember those server dudes in California? <laughs> they go to court all the time. It's so funny. Like, they're the most laid back, you know, on high, high altitude. <laughs> <laughs> and they're <laughs> going to say, court all the time. Have you seen those YouTube videos of them? Are actually going to, like, their congressmen and they're being filmed. And they're like, dudes, like, uh... I think <laughs> I've not seen that. Like it's like always like, like something about surfing, something about you know having a we ramp or something the like bees, that. Man. Like dudes, I think we should have a skate park by like you know like there shouldn't be a permit, bro. But they people listen to them. They're actually taking action. And if you can't, if you if you don't want to take it that far, like the surfer dudes, <laughs> you can vote. You can vote on the candidate that you think that you know claims that they're gonna change certain laws, change certain things, certain aspects about the courts that, you know, cater to you. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of all three. It's the company's job to make sure that they're trying to solve and uh, communicate in the best light. It's the court's job to make sure that it's being enforced, that those communications are being enforced. And it is the, the people's job to make sure that that court understands that that's something that we need and want. Because yeah. the terms and conditions it just keeps on flowing in. Every year, you're signing your, your life away to somebody else. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're giving away. And the funniest thing... The, and that's the thing. People need to realize how much money like companies are making off of their data, off of their... And off of their agreements and their acceptance to this How much, stuff. Manga? How much? It's a lot. <laughs> it's enough to pay a got, lot of people. You got my data? You got my data? <laughs> got my data? <laughs> oh, we do, for sure. <laughs> We know it's definitely a lot because look at Mark Zuckerberg. He owns a fucking island. <laughs> he literally owns an island, guys. Don't forget about that. It's so weird. He used to be the most likable guy. And now he's the most hateable guy. To public enemy number one. You know one. what? Because he was like one of the first 20-year-olds, something that became a billionaire. And it was unheard of during his time when he became a billionaire. All the billionaires back in the day around his age were like, Freaking seven years older but, or older. But he was saying the right things. He was doing the right things. Remember, he was talking about like, you know, you know how technology, like all of us felt the same way. Like, oh my God, this, this guy, you know, just, he's just like us, you know, like he's going to do, he's going to do everything right, everything right. He's going to show these old fogies. But in reality, he is part of the system. I don't want to say he started out like that. He's not part of the system. He is the system, Tim. Oh, hot take. <laughs> He's the system visualized. System of a down. Have you seen that uh, meme where um, they put him side by side with this Star Trek uh, character called Data? Yeah. <laughs> it looks exactly like him. That's messed up. <laughs> he is Data, Tim. His, his Datum manifested in real life.
Mark Zuckerberg. Hey, shout out to Facebook. Shout out to Facebook. <laughs> shout out to Facebook. We all use it. We all love it. It's nothing our we can do about is, it. Our information is something. I'm not going to lie. Facebook got me by the balls. I use Facebook as a single sign on. <laughs> I mean, oh, Jesus. All, when did we sign on? Like years and years ago. I sold my soul. We signed state. our life. I have nothing to hide. We signed our life away a long time ago, guys. If I do anything illegal, they'll know about it within 10 we minutes. We didn't read any of that legal lease. <laughs> you know what, Mango? They won't tell anybody because they're in it with you. Kind of like with that Cambridge Analytica thing. <laughs> I know. I know. If I do anything, I've sold my soul to Satan at this point. And Satan is Mike is uh is Mark Zuckerberg. Ooh, man, there, <laughs> there it is. There goes your chance to work in, in Facebook. <laughs> Edit that one out. Man, we're, not edit, we're not editing anything. We're not editing anything. Maybe maybe Mingo already has like a has a resume or has a application there. Uh oh. Potential employees don't, don't, 076. Don't let the listeners know. Don't let the listeners know. They got your data. They got your resume. They got, got my balls. They got your balls. Um, That's it. It's complete. It's a complete uh, holy trinity right they there. They got the Mango. package. They got it. They. So what can we say about legalese? The only thing we can say is like, go vote. This year is voting season, you know, go vote. But if, if you're listening to this in the future, still go vote. <laughs> you know, if you're a designer creating a contract, just remember your audience, organize your writing, ditch the legalese and be concise with like your words and use actionable words. Try to avoid any passive voice and have somebody look at what you wrote and edit it and with that we'll see you in the next one this episode is edited and produced by ernest chua and brought to you by the alpine black team this podcast series would also not be possible without listeners and supporters like you one way to support us is to just click that follow share and like button for any comments or feedback email us at info at alpineblk.com and we'll see you on the next one.